This is Laura looking for love, and today I'm going to talk about one area of distraction and fun that also holds some secret lessons. The crane game. You know that machine with the stuffed animals that you can try to pick up and win with the dangling metal claw? So when I was little, my parents, brother, and I would often go to Knott's Berry Farm. My dad grew up in the San Fernando Valley, and he remembered when Knott's Berry Farm actually was reminiscent of a farm, and when the only ride there was the train. And with just that one ride, he still really loved it. And my mom also grew up in L.A., and she witnessed the opening of Disneyland. The day she went, Walt Disney was walking around the park, and she was able to take a picture with him. If only he and everyone else that day would have known the magnitude of the empire he had started to create, right? So for my parents, amusement parks were part of their childhood experience. They weren't able to go often, maybe only once, but because it was a highlight for them, they wanted to include it in our experience. So both of my parents grew up pretty poor, and because of that, saving money was very much on their mind. They had worked hard, focused on their education, and were the first generation of their families to graduate from college. So by the time they were parents, they were in the middle class of the socioeconomic spectrum. But despite having a certain level of financial stability, I grew up with a pretty strong poverty consciousness. We always had to use coupons, we always had to get the best deal, and if deciding between two options, price would be the biggest deciding factor. And this is something that is pretty common for anyone who transitions from poverty to financial security. There's often a fear that things may go back to the way they were. So heavy focus is on the saving, in case of a rainy day, in case of catastrophe. So back when I was in grade school, you could get a yearly pass to Knott's Berry Farm for about $50. A yearly pass to Disneyland nearly double, about $90. So decision made, we would be season ticket holders to Knott's Berry Farm. And back then, there was a ride we always rode because there was never a wait, and it wasn't too scary for my little brother or too nauseating for my parents. It was the dinosaur ride. It was this slow-moving cart that moved past huge dinosaurs that would roar and mechanically turn from side to side. And at the end of the ride, we exited through the arcade. And truthfully, that was my favorite part of the dinosaur ride, getting out into that bright arcade with crane machines galore. And I still remember it was 50 cents a game, and back then the crane had enough strength each and every drop to pick up the weight of the stuffed animals. The biggest challenge was when the stuffed animals were too packed in but we could always manage to find a few machines where the animals had been dislodged and easily pick them up. I would always leave with a handful of souvenirs. I didn't even care which ones, just that I had gotten them. I didn't go for cute. I didn't go for I need to have that one. I went for the ones that were easy and not just easy, but easy to grab in just one try. And that was a lesson I learned growing up. Go for the easy one. And as I grew older, I stopped playing the crane machines. And I do remember a few times passing them at arcades or at the mall or at the grocery store and noticing how over the years the cranes had lost their strength. I looked at the weights of the now larger stuffed animals and the flimsier cranes, and I watched people try their luck. I saw how the cranes barely moved, anything they attempted to grab. And I thought, these are impossible. And I left my experience with the crane machines in the good old days of Knott's Berry Farm and easily won stuffed animals. But this past week, my BFF Jose and I were going to hang out, and in my search to look for something fun to do, I went on Yelp, and this arcade center popped up. But it was a Japanese-style arcade center. And the big thing about Japanese arcades are the crane machines. And they aren't just the ones with the three prongs. 
There are these UFO catchers with just two or even one plastic prong. There are crane games that have you pick up ping pong balls and drop them into colored cups. All sorts of variations. And the other difference about the Japanese crane machines is that the stuffed animals are super cute. Kawaii-style soft plushies. So I started reading the Yelp reviews to see what people were saying, and there were two types of reviews. One where the reviewers were super mad, felt ripped off, they said things like the machines were rigged, it was a waste of money. And then there were reviews where people were really winning tons of plushes, or even if they weren't, just having tons of fun. So when I realized what a cultural phenomenon this has become with the new style crane machines, I started looking on YouTube for videos to see how people actually won. And the big difference that I saw in these new games was the heavy cultural influence about payoff and satisfaction, right? So these games are designed in Japan. So for one, the prizes are really good, good quality, super soft, super kawaii. These aren't the prizes that I used to win at Knott's. These are prizes people would actually buy. So the people who expect to have the crane easily pick them up and go in with that expectation will be disappointed because the crane will not usually pick up the plushies. There is a strategy to each of the games. And some of the games are actually rigged to only pick up on every so many tries. But the UFO catcher machines are more based on strategy. There are two prongs to that machine. Some machines just one. And the strategy is to push the plush in strategic places so that it will move closer and closer to the opening chute. And even if you move the plush just even a half an inch, then it's considered success because it's progress. It's getting your plush closer to that opening chute. And if you go in knowing that it will not take just one try, but several, then your experience of the crane machine will be completely different. It's all about expectations with these machines. And in Japan, strategy and patience are much more important than immediate gratification that we usually demand here in the U.S. So this is a side note. You know, all of you guys know that I watch reality TV and The Bachelor. I know the season was horrible, but I did see The Bachelor Winter Games, which was a special due to the Olympics a few weeks ago. And I really liked it because it was cross-cultural. There were bachelors and bachelorettes from many different countries. And the biggest difference between the American contestants and the foreign contestants were their expectation of immediate validation and immediate gratification. So in the American Bachelor, everyone basically kisses everyone on the first date. It's basically a kiss fest. Everyone's making out with everyone. But in other countries like Russia, Japan, China... The process moves a lot slower in terms of physical contact. In a lot of The Bachelor shows, they don't even kiss. Um, And if they do, it's only the last contestant standing. And I don't even know if they show it on camera. I actually don't know. But, you know, if you watch K-dramas, there is always this huge, long buildup to the kiss. Or to even a small gesture of holding hands or hugging. And the only reason that that long buildup for a hug or a kiss works is because we understand the stakes and the compatibility of the two people. We understand by that point that these two people should be together. And for that reason, it is worth the wait for even their hands to touch, right? Unlike the American Bachelor where that is taken for granted. It's just get what you can get Everyone starts to look the same and act the same, behave the same. But the gratification is quick, right? We get to kiss each other quick. We get physical contact quick. But the journey is always really long for something that we really desire. So the Japanese crane machines sort of mimic this journey. Awesome prizes that you really desire. They're so cute. You have to have them. But a more excruciating, drawn-out journey to get it, right? I'll pay $2 to move it a little inch closer to me. I'll pay another $2 to make it a little closer. It's just drawn out. 
However, the cool thing is the people who get the game and accept the game for what it is, they have a lot more fun. The people who expect immediate payout, they leave pissed off. How you perceive these crane games are very representative of how you view life. So I told Jose we're going to check it out because it's a fun experience, but also an opportunity to play with our personal hangups when it comes to effort and expectations. And what better way to practice life skills than at an arcade? So before I share our experience and my strategy there, I also want to share one more childhood memory that really highlights my mentality as a child when it came to fun carnival games. So there was this one day I was with a family friend at a local fundraiser carnival. There was this game with several rows of cups labeled with numbers. And the goal of the game was to throw two wiffle balls toward the cups. And if the two numbers added up to either 7 or 11, you would win. Well, my friend and I were probably about nine years old. We didn't have money on us, but the guy running the booth was my friend's cousin. So he said that we could play for fun for free. So he gave me the two balls and I got a seven. So he said, good job, try again. I got a seven again. So he told me to go again and I got a seven. So he finally said, you know what? Just keep going until you lose. But the thing is I never lost. I kept getting either a seven or 11 consistently over and over again till about the seventh or eighth time he said, okay, If you get it this time, I'm just going to give you one of the big prizes, one of those big stuffed animals. So he gives me the two balls, and I got seven. He was shocked, but he kept his promise and told me to pick a prize. And there were two choices. The best one was a soft-looking teddy bear, super cute, super cuddly. And the other one was a stiff gray poodle. And even though I liked the soft, cuddly teddy bear, for some reason, I chose the stiff gray poodle. And the only reason I even remember this memory is because it was such a conflict in what I wanted and it was really confusing to me at the time. But now, as I look back at both my Knott's Berry Farm experience and this one, in both, I never really went after what I wanted. With the crane game, I just got whatever was easiest. And even when it was easy for me to manifest this incredible win at the carnival with the 7 and 11 game and the choice of whatever prize I wanted was sitting right in front of me, I still chose something of lesser value, not necessarily monetarily, but lesser value to me. And how many times do we choose something that is less than what we really want? I was lucky to be given an opportunity where this was pointed out so clearly, but often we do it and don't even realize that we're settling. So back to this week. This time around, I had a strategy. This was me tapping into my inner child and I was going to get the best and biggest prize, or at least I was going to try to get the biggest and best prize, not the easiest. So first stop, UFO catcher crane machines. But I was a little disappointed that there weren't any really super cute prizes this particular day that I was dying to win. I still had to try it because I never tried that game before. And yeah, it was pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. But I decided not to go through that excruciatingly fun process for a plushie that was just so-so. I wanted to go big or go home this time, right? So we ended up playing some other games for tickets. And I saw this wheel that I wanted to play. And the biggest ticket prize in the whole arcade is a thousand tickets. That's pretty much across the board. Not all of the games offer a thousand prize 
prize payout if you win. Some of the even the big showy games only have a jackpot of like 300 tickets, which is still good, but it gives you the magnitude of what a thousand prize jackpot is. It's very rare. So I decided to try this game, which is a wheel. And the first time I spin it, I get 75. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty good because the odds of you winning five points are the highest odds. Like most of the slots have five tickets. So to win 75, I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. So the second spin, I said, okay, I'm going to really put my intention. I'm going to win a thousand this time. So I spin and as it spins, it's like and it gets closer and closer to the thousand. And as it gets closer and closer, I realize it's going to hit the thousand, right? And it just stops right under the thousand. And it was super exciting because I was like, oh my God, I just, that was so easy. I got the thousand ticket prize. So I get the thousand tickets. I go to the ticket store to see what I can get. And so we're looking and I have about 1,300 tickets. And there's a lot of things I could buy for 1,300 tickets, a lot of cute little plushies. But I come to the wall where there's bigger stuffed animals and there's one that I know I have to have. It's the best prize. It's the one I was going for. It was the best prize in the whole arcade. It was the cutest, softest unicorn plush. You know, that kawaii style, very Sanrio looking, but really soft and big and just cute. So I said, I have to get this one. This is this is the plushie I came for. This is the big prize like I'm going to go for. And so I look and it's 2,200 tickets and I have 1,300. So I tell Jose, I was like, oh, that's only 900 more. And that was my mentality is like, oh, that's easy. But in reality, to get 900 tickets, people will spend easily 100 bucks to get 900 tickets. Like, I mean, it's not a small feat. But in my head at the time, I was like, easy, 900 tickets. So I go, we go back to that spin machine. And on my first try, I just, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get 1,000. And as it gets closer, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's getting closer to 1,000. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hit it again. And I got a thousand, just like that. So I get my extra thousand tickets. I go back, I get my unicorn plushie, which is the only one, the only and last unicorn plush in the whole store. And the cool thing about this is that not only did I get to redo my childhood experience of settling, but the best prize happened to be a unicorn. And unicorns are the symbol of infinite possibility. So this week... Think of the unicorn and the infinite possibilities that are waiting you. Allow yourself to go after those things that you truly want. Be aware of where you settle. And most importantly, have fun. Go to the arcade. Don't get addicted, though. I used all my tickets and closed out my cards. So I wouldn't need to return because I do see where there is a fine line when I look at people playing between fun and compulsion with those machines. So always be mindful. One more thing, I'm usually here every Friday. However, next week I have an event, so I will be back in two weeks. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't to get the new episodes as they come out. And have a really good two weeks.